0: Hi, everyone. Matt Robeson, Beyond Politics podcast from time to time. As longtime listeners know, I get invited onto the show hosted by Howard Monroe. He's a legendary West Virginia radio broadcaster. He covers a lot of things, covers politics. I appear as a political analyst from time to time. And we got into a great conversation this morning about the Nutball Congress. Now, if you've been following work that I've been doing on YouTube, on the Blue Amp channel. I hope you are. I hope you've subscribed and checked out those videos. You know that we've been putting a lot of focus into this, into the explosions of insanity that we've been seeing from some of our Republican friends in the House of Representatives, especially in the Senate as well. And we covered that, Howard and I, a lot on the show this morning. What some of those are, some of the deep dives, And how much trouble they could potentially put all of us in. So hope you enjoy. And with that, here's Howard Monroe.
1: When the new Congress was elected, the Republicans had a small but a majority. So the Republicans now control us. And in the beginning, I had some hopes that maybe I knew there were a lot of crazies on there, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boba, and so on. But I thought maybe there would be some more moderate heads that would prevail and kind of keep things under control, and then then we had the State of the Union dustup, and we've had Marjorie Taylor Greene who can't keep her mouth shut, and yet nothing comes out that's actually factually correct. And it's just more and more. It's just the crazies are in, the crazies are in control now. I always I, look. I and my guest here, Matt Robeson, we both come at things looking at it from the left, but I always try to see how much my left perspective interferes with an objective picture. And so, Matt, I, I kept thinking, all right, maybe just simply because I am leaning left that I'm making this worse than it is. But the more I look at the Congress, the more I look at the actions that the that little nutball caucus, I think we should call them the nutball caucus, the nutball caucus has done, the more I'm convinced, no, they're really crazy.
0: Howard, it's as bad
2: as I've ever seen it. I was a congressional staffer for a decade I've been a close congressional observer for multiple decades. And it has the quality of imagine that your mattress, remember the old days when people used to have water beds. Imagine you had a mattress, a waterbed, except it was filled with snakes. And you have the illusion <laughs> while you're lying on it of, oh, there's some wriggling sensations that you're vaguely aware of. But meanwhile, you are lying on a bed of snakes. That's essentially the American people. Their vague awareness that there's something screwy going on under the Capitol Dome, I am here to assure you that it is as bad as that. There are vipers in the building, and it, the building is just full of crazy. I'm talking full-on Well of Souls, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. They are down in the Pit of Snakes. And it is bad in there.
1: The maybe a first sign. Well, maybe the first sign of it was the inability of this Republican Congress to come up with a speaker. That it was great for talk radio every day. I knew. Well, tomorrow we'll see what tomorrow's vote is going to be. Kevin McCarthy becomes the Speaker of the House, but he becomes a speaker with no control, and he's got nuts out there in his caucus. So he's. So that was kind of the first alert that uh oh, this isn't going to go so smoothly.
2: Right. There were two early signs. One that people paid a lot of attention to and one that they intentionally didn't because on the surface it sounds boring as heck. The obvious one is George Santos. He is, if you ever saw Mad Max Fury Road, great movie. George Santos is Kevin McCarthy's blood bag. He keeps him around to essentially provide him a thin layer of vote, just a tiny bit to keep himself in power george santos has absolutely no other function he has tried to step down from committees to remove just a little bit of the spotlight on his lying behind but uh, so that leaves him with essentially that's it he's just there to cast that one initial vote for kevin mccarthy to be speaker but he has no other function we just did an interview with Congressman Steve Cohen of Tennessee. He's a great guy, and he kind of gave us this inside perspective. It's on the Beyond Politics podcast. There's a video on the Blue Amp channel on YouTube. People can see for themselves. And we asked him about Santos. Santos basically has no friends. He sits by himself. He's People are afraid if there's a dog on the street, not on a leash, that you see, and you're like is this thing going to bite me? That's literally the way the interactions go down with Santos. And they're literally afraid that he might bite them. And so it's just, it's revealing. So that's the, that was the first sign. like The fact that they still have this insane liar, probably a felon, who's in bed with Russian money sources, that they're keeping him around and not kicking him to the curb was kind of sign number one
1: that things were off the rails. But maybe the- you know, I said earlier this morning that Santos has become the liar-in-chief, the worst liar in elected official history as far as I can tell. And we've just gone through Donald Trump's presidency, and in terms of lying, I think Santos actually beats him. I mean, we've all calculated all of those lies that Trump told during his time in office, and yet Santos – I don't understand Santos. I don't know if Steve Cullen, when you talked to him, had some thoughts on this or if you had some thoughts on this. I'm not being facetious here. He has to have a screw loose, right? I mean, to be that kind of a continual, perpetual, habitual liar about everything, there has to be something wrong with him, and I'm not being funny. Is that, do you feel that way?
2: I asked that of the congressman who he replaced. So the guy who used to represent George Santos's district, a guy named Steve Israel, He also, by the way, used to direct the Democratic Party's campaign arm that focuses on the U.S. House of Representatives. So he knows a little something about running Democratic campaigns and running in that district. And he knows that territory super well. And I asked him, and he refused to psychoanalyze George Santos. But that's his sense is that this is someone who is, he's deeply troubled. He's extremely unwell. And it's different than Donald Trump being unwell. Donald Trump is, Mary Trump, his niece, is a psychologist, knows him well and has a clinical insight on the man. And he is a pathological liar and a pathological narcissist. These are clinical terms. This isn't me. This is like the way a doctor would talk about it. And so he's profoundly sick. He's very mentally unwell. George Santos is at a slightly different level, though, because there's literally nothing about him that's true. With Trump, there was an anchor point to things that were real. He would then make up shams, 40,000 lies counted by the Washington Post over the course of his presidency. But there were anchors in truth. George Santos, I think, is living in a lost fantasy world. It's actually sad. Honestly, I think the best thing would be not only for him to be removed from office, but for him to get some serious medical treatment. I, I actually feel some sympathy for the man. I think he's very sick.
1: I I don't want to spend a lot of time on Santos. He's simply a sign and symptom of the nutball Congress in my mind. But is he so out of touch with again, we're just, who knows, we're not experts and I've never met the man, but is he so out of touch with reality he doesn't understand that he's lying? Or does he somehow feel that lies are embellishing him? Again, i just completely don't understand it, not at all. The other thing I don't understand, which you touched on, is someone who is such a liar. So about and when I say everything, I mean literally everything. In his, every single thing he speaks is a lie, and in some cases, are criminal activities, perhaps. And there's an ethics probe against him, and I think the FEC is looking at campaign contributions and so on. I just, I, why do they keep him? And I know you alluded to it's really just so can have an extra vote, but man, how valuable is that vote. I mean, how important is that vote compared to letting a nutball liar like this sit in your caucus?
2: Well, that's, see, that that gets to that second thing that's a sign of how nutty, how, I mean, how insane this Congress under Kevin McCarthy and the Republican leadership is because your question is, is it worth it? Is it worth allowing such a sick person to remain in office just so that Kevin McCarthy can be in power. But let's broaden your question out for a second. Remember that the big deal that McCarthy had to make wasn't just, let's keep Santos around as my blood bag. He's sort of my horcrux. Like, as long as he's there, I can't be killed. The bigger deal was with the right fringe of the right fringe. It was with the craziest members of the Freedom Caucus who insisted that Kevin McCarthy not raise the debt ceiling. Now, I said a moment ago, people intentionally don't pay attention to this because it's boring. It brings up the word debt and fiscal issues and no one wants to think about that. This is why I had the people's economist, one of the most familiar economic faces in the country on Beyond Politics a few weeks ago. Mark Zandi, he's well known, he's on CNN, MSNBC, he's on all the shows all the time. And I said to him, "Look, could you just explain to me simply if the Republicans go through with their threat, they do what they want to do here. They don't raise the debt ceiling. Boy, is it dumb to, sound, to, to talk about. It's boring. If they go through with this and get what they want, what would happen to, to regular folks, to people like you and me? And this is what he said. In, interest rates rise. Your mortgage is going to skyrocket. Housing is going to become unaffordable. And then the whole market is going to crash. The government won't be able to pay its bills. The 2 million civilian employees, plus the additional 2 million military employees of the federal government, will stop getting paid, and their families will go into immediate economic distress. The economy will immediately go into recession, which will mean layoffs, in his words, layoffs, lots of layoffs. People are going to lose jobs. Unemployment is going to rise very quickly. And if it goes on for more than even a few days, we'll end up in a deep, dark hole economically within weeks. So this is his words. This is what they're talking about doing. So just to bring it back around to your question, Howard, how do I know that this is the nuttiest, craziest, insanest Congress ever? It's because these guys are serious. This is what they want. This was what they extracted out of Kevin McCarthy to put him atop their leadership. And they are willing to go to the brink to do this to us. And it's unclear why. They don't have a plan. They don't – they can't even express out loud what it is they want Kevin McCarthy to do or what they want Joe Biden to give away. It is insanity. And these guys, it's not clear that we can stop them.
1: Isn't it really a factor that that, – I'm calling them the nutball Congress. Not all of them are nutballs. I'm not saying they want people to understand that but of this nutball Congress, isn't really a factor that none of them really got elected to do anything anyway. They want to be on Fox News. They want a grandstand. They want old press conferences. They want to put things on Twitter. But very few of the nutball Congress really got elected with any policy ideas. They don't really put forth policy ideas or whether I agree with them or disagree with them, left or right. They're not interested in actually doing government. They just want to be in government so they can get on Fox News. Now, maybe I read that wrong, but to me, that's the biggest problem we got there is they don't want to do anything anyway.
2: Yes, I'm going to respond to your point the same way you responded to your listeners who were like, wait a second, I tried to go to your commentary page and I discovered it was porn. And you're like, yep, that's right. You went to the wrong page. That's not me. Yep, Howard, you're right. That is what's going on. And I think a lot of these people exist in their own media and social media filter bubbles where, honestly, they get reinforcement of the crazy. It's like they're in a cult zone yeah. where they listen to people who tell them, you're doing a great job, Lauren Bobert. Yeah, we really do want you to do that. Go stick it to Joe Biden. Let's go, Brandon. And no own one is the really lips. clear. Own the lips. They, there was this great interview. The video went around Twitter of, someone going on the street and saying what do you think what's on your mind about our kids education like well it's that critical race theory that's the real threat we got to keep that away from our children they say okay what is that they're like i don't know it's bad that's but that's the kind of reinforcement that these folks are getting and i think you're i think you're entirely right hey look this is one of the reasons why again what i try and do on my show is i try to have intelligent conversations with people I can talk to who I may not disagree I may not agree with politically. So I have, as a frequent guest, he was Mitt Romney's budget guy. He's a Republican. He's a pretty conservative Republican. and But I trust him because we can have rational conversations about numbers, about fiscal matters, about the budget. And he thinks these guys are just like completely nuts, completely off the reservations, you can't have a rational conversation with them because they don't even know what they want. And let me just give you one final piece of proof about this. If anyone watched the State of the Union, which I did not because I find it intolerable, but there was that moment when the Republicans went crazy and Marjorie Taylor Greene screamed at the president, screamed at the president, you lie. Well, what was he saying at the time? He was saying, well, what you guys want to do is you want to cut Social Security and Medicare. And they're like, no, we don't want to do that. Well, let me give you three numbers, 71, 31, and three. Over the next 30 years, we are $71 trillion in the red in Medicare. $31 trillion in the red on Social Security and $3 trillion in the red on everything else. So if what they say is, well, we've got to cut spending, where do you have to do it? It has to be in Social Security and Medicare. They've even said it. The head of the Republican Senate campaign arm said that's what they want to do. They know that's what they want to do. And Joe Biden said, all right, if that's not what you're all about, show me your plan then. They're like, no, we won't do that. So there's no rationality here. They're holding a gun to the head of the American economy, and at the same time, If we follow through and give them what they want, they scream bloody murder that we don't want that either. They're completely irrational. You can't get through to these people.
1: Matt, I have to take a quick break. I don't know if you've got somebody more important to go and talk to now, or can you give me a few more minutes?
2: Never, never is there anyone more important except maybe my (laughs) wife, who doesn't bring me mochas but is wonderful in every other way.
1: (laughs) I want to talk about two names, two of the Nutball Congress. Marjorie Taylor Greene, we've got to take a little time to talk about her. And Jim Jordan and his various oversight dramas that he's trying to create. It, we'll give some attention to that when we come back. Let's take a
0: break. We'll be right back.
1: On the line with me is a political commentator, Matt Robeson, who is a political commentator, podcaster. He writes for various online political sites. He has his own radio show. He has a lot of YouTube videos out there. And tweets extensively, so you can find him at Matt, let me see see if I'm right about this, Matt L. Robeson, right? Yeah, I'm Matt L. Robeson, at Matt L. Robeson on Twitter.
2: Yes, yes,
1: Twitter. You know what?
2: It's hard to keep track of all of our various identities and avatars online, especially now that Elon, if I say this, Elon might find me, but I'm worried that he's going to hunt us down like Sean Penn in that movie, The Game, like, you're a Democrat? Off of Twitter, you (laughs)
1: I will find you and take care of you. Yeah, exactly. A couple of the quick texts. I'm not surprised. My texts are all saying what liberal loons we are. Our George Bush. Well, I lost it. George Bush and where did it go? George Bush and most of the Congress lied us into a war with Iraq, and that's true, and destroyed a country and killed a half million people. You don't mention that. Well, I just did. I'm not sure what the point of that is, but okay. Off the text line. Howard, why don't you mention all the lies that Biden told? You just talk about Trump's lies. Trump was, until Santos came along, the liar in chief. There's just no argument about it. Do all politicians probably offer lies? Yes, but we're not talking about Biden's lies. We're talking about Santos's lies, and I was comparing them to Trump's lies. So A couple of comments off the text line at 304-214-1600. I don't have as much time as I wanted, Matt, so I want to talk about Matt Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's fun to talk about in a weird way. And Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan is actually a more serious contender, I think. So let's talk about Jim Jordan and his oversight committee, that he seems to want to oversight pretty much everything and anything that is political.
2: Yeah. So I don't know if you're a fan of the show South Park. South Park did something completely brilliant and very important in terms of a contribution to the psychology of America. They introduced the term DARVO. DARVO you ever heard DARVO before?
1: No. I'm not a big DARVO. fan of that, on so no.
2: Oh, it's an acronym. It stands for Deny, Attack, Reverse, Victim, and Offender. Deny, Attack, Reverse, Victim, and Offender. And DARVO, their whole point was, well, this is Donald Trump's MO. This is what he does, is that when something happens, it's like your are Minute ago well, it's like, so how would you darvo the fact that Donald Trump is verifiable liar? Well you'd deny you'd attack and you'd reverse victim and offender that's what Jim Jordan and the Republicans are trying to do when it comes to their whole new committee weaponization of the law enforcement again i don't know what they're calling it, and what they're trying to do is deny. The very real facts about what they did, about what Donald Trump did, about what Russia did, attack Democrats and reverse who did what to whom. So what you have is some things that are so well documented, I won't even belabor them. You have the fact that Russia attacked America. This was detailed in five volumes by the Senate Intelligence Committee under Republican control. Republicans agree that this is what happened, that Russia attacked us to try to overtake our elections, to try and put Donald Trump in charge. And you have the entire Mueller investigation that shows that Donald Trump went along with it, worked along with it, welcomed it. You have this entire situation You have well documented the fact that the FBI actively tried to help Donald Trump. The only reason that FBI Director James Comey released the fact that he was opening the investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails again, 10 days before the election, which has been documented as this is the reason Hillary Clinton lost. This is why Donald Trump became president. The reason he did that was that he was essentially being blackmailed by the New York office of the FBI that was full of Trump supporters. And so we know all these things. And yet, Jim Jordan is doing this whole congressional kabuki theater show of, oh, deny, attack, reverse victim offender. It was actually Donald Trump. He was the one who was the victim. He was the one who was under attack. That's what this entire vibe is And that's what Jim Jordan is all about. And let's not forget that this is a man who there are serious questions about his role in the sexual abuse scandal at Ohio State when he was a coach and it was happening under his nose. And this is the man the Republicans have put in charge of this kind of sham investigation. It is gaslighting to an extreme degree.
1: And yet, it actually has turned against them at least once in their hearing, their oversight hearing on Twitter recently, when the intent by Jordan and his committee was to prove that the that the government was in, was in, was working with Twitter to prevent Donald Trump's information from coming out and all that kind of good stuff. And yet, folks from Twitter who were there said, "Excuse me, no, actually, it was the Trump administration that tried to influence Twitter's coverage of certain things." I mean, it just it blew up in their faces.
2: Howard, I did a whole video about this on the Blue Amp channel. I called it the greatest moment in the history of congressional hearings. I urge people to look at it, not just because I'm trying to promote my own channel, but because I can't convey to you on the radio what exactly went down. Suffice it to say that Chrissy Teigen, the former supermodel, sent out a tweet once in which she referred to President Trump as a nickname for a cat followed by another word for a donkey, followed by a word for a female dog. And this led to a linguistic analysis of whether those three terms strung together, P, A, and B, constituted one insult or three, because Twitter doesn't allow you to make three insults in one tweet. And they had to discuss this in the middle of a congressional hearing and then reveal the fact that Donald Trump had been deeply incensed about this and had ordered Twitter to take it down. So who exactly was being censored by whom? Yes, it was glorious. It did blow up in their face. And if they continue to pull this kind of crap, it's going to continue to blow up in their face because they're trying to DARVO us. They're trying to reverse victim and offender where really they're the culprits and all this stuff. But again, I urge people to watch the video because it's just, it's sublime. And I ask you, Howard, in this insult, if you make this insult Is it one combined insult, or is it three?
1: See, I would have put all three words in quotes, and then I think it would have been one insult.
2: Oh, you're saying – on my show, my Republican panelist was saying what you're saying. She was saying, you know what, I think this is a title, like you would refer to him as president, or you would refer to him as PAB. It's one title. You are the PAB. Yep, that's a good argument. I like that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> see, I think if you put it in quotes, then it becomes one phrase. If you so it's three separate words, then I don't know. It's dumb. Hey, Matt, a quick rundown. I got to run, but and we need to do this more often. We have not been together for a good while. We need to do this more frequently. But quick rundown of the different things that you're doing and ways people can read you and see you. You mentioned you do some video blogging, if you will, or vlogging, or whatever the hell they call it anymore, on the Blue Amp channel, right?
2: Blue Amp channel. Search for Blue Amp. Channel, my last name is Robison, R O B I S O N, but just search for Blue Amp. You'll find me, my partner there, Cliff Schechter. And we put my podcast, the Beyond Politics podcast, which you can get in audio if you like that. If you still like to listen to your audio, which your radio listeners surely do, then you can find that anywhere you get your podcast, including now on YouTube on the Blue Amp channel. And I've got articles out on Alternate and Newsweek and all kinds of places. But yeah, that's where you can find more of my stuff. You've got one coming up on the Nutball Congress, right? I've got a ton of video and audio on the Nutball Congress. If you're interested in the kind of the Russia connections that I was alluding to, the fact that Charles McGonigal, the head of stopping Russia from attacking us, actually went and worked for the Russians, I've got some amazing deep dives with experts that are both already up and beyond politics and that are coming up. I've got one that I'm recording tomorrow that is mind-blowing, so I urge people to check that out. Um, And I hope I've got something new coming out on Newsweek soon. We'll see about artificial intelligence, which is kind of cool.
1: Okay. Matt, appreciate it as always. I'll be in touch soon. We'll talk some more. Thanks a lot. Thank you.